All right, welcome to episode 39 of the Cigar Snob Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez, joined by Eric Calvino. Hello, peoples. And Ivan Ocampo. How's it going? Ivan Ocampo has a very special title today. He is the MC for a special Cigar Snob event that we'll get into later in the podcast. This is a first of its kind. Just wait till of you hear. First of its kind? First yeah, of its kind. It is the first of its kind. You point me to another one of its kind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, people are going to be mad they didn't think of this first. Oh, for when sure. they get a load of what we've done. But we first, get a load of me. <laughs> but first, a word from our sponsor, Villiger Cigars. Villiger Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano puro wrapper, boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villiger La Vencedora, which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoking experience. The Villiger La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. As we do on every episode, we are leading off with our featured cigar for the episode. In this, the 39th episode of the Cigar Snub Podcast, we are smoking Debonair Daybreak. Here is the way that distributor Drew Estate describes the cigar in a press release from about a year ago when the product was uh, was announced. Quote, wrapped in Ecuadorian Connecticut shade, the Daybreak offers a full flavor version of a Connecticut wrapped cigar and comes into market at a more introductory price. While enjoying Daybreak, smokers can expect crisp notes of spice and earthiness from the Nicaraguan fillers, a nutty and sweet richness from the Dominican tobacco in the binder and filler, and a smooth finish from the Connecticut wrapper. That's a pretty sexy read right there. Oh, yeah. Mm, sexy. So we are smoking the Corona, which is a 6x46 that uh, retails, or at least the MSRP at the time of release, which uh, as far as I know hasn't changed, was 1153, a nice round number there. It's a very precise company. 1153. Yeah, well, you know, if no debonair person is just all willy-nilly. Willy-nilly with prices. Saying, no, of course it's not. It's a very debonair number. Like, how much? It, that'll be 1153, you top-hatted, coattail-having debonair gentleman, you. So. On a horse and buggy. I mean, there you go. You have to be. So what are your, are you are you feeling more debonair now that you're smoking this? 100%. 100% more debonair yeah? than before. Oof. Like I said, wait till you get a load of the debonair stuff we did <laughs> later in the podcast. So debonair. In the meantime, though, what are your thoughts on the cigar? I, I love this smoke. I, I loved it the first time we tried it, I, and I still love it now. Uh, creamy. Uh, it's got good cedar. A little bit of cinnamon. A little touch of spice. I, I, I dig it. It's a really well-balanced, well-made cigar, so I like it. I like this uh, this smoke. Pretty complex smoke for uh, Connecticut. For Connecticut, right? Yeah. 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 I'm getting a lot of flavors from it. And and by the way, we are because of the activity which we will detail later. Right. Uh, we are halfway through. At least me. I'm about halfway through the cigar, maybe more. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm I'm not quite as far into it as uh, as the two of you are because I took a little bit of a break from smoking it. But uh, but like you said, it is very complex. There's a there's a nuttiness there that you. you know, it's like a, I think a little more pronounced 
than it would be with a lot of other Connecticut's. And yeah, there's 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 a good amount of stuff going on. It's got that sweetness. It's and it's not as cedary. I, for me, Connecticut's tend to go toward that cedary sort of flavor. Uh, and I don't get as much of that from here, which I which for me is good. I'm I'm not crazy yeah, about that. It's funny, that. I get plenty of it. Really? But I like it. Yeah. So maybe it's just there's enough else going on that it balances yep. it out. Uh, so anyway, we'll come back to uh, to the cigar. Next topic, LeBron James. LeBron James is uh, tipping the scales of the association, as douchey sports fans call it, uh, with his move to Los Angeles. So initial thoughts on LeBron's move. From initial Queens thoughts, I, I think, is the East now like the D-League? Like, so has the uh, NBA been broken out into NBA West is the top flight division, then the East is the D-League, and then the D-League becomes AAA? Is that how it goes? It's always been pretty top-heavy over on the West, but now it gets even yeah. even worse. Right, yeah. East, well, not East, always when, well, yeah. you know, when we want But for to. a while, though. East is wide open, uh, but I still think the biggest news here is Boogie Cousins going to Golden State, which like not, right after, yeah. absolutely nullifies LeBron going to L.A., in my opinion. Just as the Lakers were getting all excited about McGee, the yeah. Warriors come out with, oh, and by the way. Here you go. Yeah. How about this? So, um, although they're still talking about Cousins maybe not being active until well into the regular season. Do they need him? <laughs> the, yeah. I mean, that's a separate question, right? Yeah. But but I, well, that, I, that limits the amount of time that he can get in trouble. So that's a good right, thing, right? Yeah. I, I think I want to say his contract is for like five point something. So it seems like they're not. I think it's a one year five point something. So they're not expecting to get a ton out of him uh, probably because of his injury. I think it's an Achilles mm-hmm. thing. One of the few worthwhile discussions that I've heard on, you know, in all the sports talking head stuff uh, was I, I want to say it was first take and they were talking about. Um, you know, past Achilles injuries to other players. And I mean, it's a pretty devastating thing. So it's sort of as yet to be seen how he comes back from it. Like it even affected Kobe Bryant. He wasn't the same after his Achilles thing. I mean, he came back and did Kobe Bryant things, but was never quite the same. This guy's got like 70 pounds on Kobe Bryant, which if you're dealing with the weight you're putting on an Achilles. So it's an interesting gamble, right? It could pay off huge where yeah. like the best case scenario is, Probably the most loaded team ever. Yeah. What was that? Four all stars and a guy who probably should have been an all star on your starting lineup. Yeah. Um. So, any other? Uh, well, the, does that does that take away people's interest from the NBA? Like, does it does it become too much on one side? I think to maybe, where the entire East Coast just doesn't care. I want to say or, maybe for me it. Although I think the LA thing has more potential for maybe next season, right? Or I guess season after next. Sure. I don't know that LA is immediately a title contender. With LeBron, well, no, not in the West. With LeBron on your team in the East, yes. That's the thing, well, yeah, 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 exactly. But now it's like... Maybe now they can move LA over here. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, they almost got knocked off by a Kyrie Irvingless Celtics team. True. So now you're trying to get through that Western Conference. I think you, you make the playoffs, because you can't not make the playoffs with James on your team. No, he's... They're going to the Western Conference Finals. You think? Yeah, to the fi- <clears throat> Western Conference Finals. I don't know how well, if, guaranteed if, uh, that is. San Antonio loses Kawhi Leonard. Well, uh, oh yeah, yes. if, they, if if they have to play but Golden State in the semis OPC. or whatever, yeah. whatever, hey, they might not get there. Houston's not Houston. A, yes, Houston is not a shabby and team. No either. shabby. No. Yeah. It depends on. I think it depends on the seating. 
Right, right, right. But it, I think depending on the seeding, it's not inconceivable that they come across somebody in the first round, just considering how loaded that team is or that conference is. So what's the over-under on when the first conflict between LeVar Ball and LeBron happens? I'm going to say game three of the regular season. <laughs> <laughs> That's close. I don't know. I think that they would ship LeVar Ball, LeVar Ball in a heartbeat. Lonzo. Yeah, sorry. Lonzo, Lonzo. Ball in a heartbeat. <laughs> or no, LeVar, yeah. Yeah, anyone, everyone wants to ship him out. Um, That's going to be an interesting dynamic right there. For sure, for sure. Especially if they're losing. Yeah. Because his mouth is going to get bigger and LeBron's not going to take anything. So that'll be great. He's never handled that well anyway. So. What? You mean like uh, who hasn't? Le- LeBron, Le- James LeBron yeah. yeah. LeBron doesn't handle criticism, especially internal type criticism. Right. That's yeah. never worked for him. He shouldn't. Yeah. He shouldn't have to handle it because he's such a badass. Of course, you, know? you have to handle it. Mm. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah, it depends on what you mean by handle it, right? right you don't right. you don't have to roll over and take it, but there's gotta be some amount of handling. Yeah. Uh the thing is that Lavar Ball he's he is an he's both inside and outside, right? So he's not playing yeah. the diplomatic game of like he's just gonna do whatever the hell he wants. That's gonna be I think what keeps a lot of people interested in the Lakers. Maybe, maybe you're right. I yeah. Uh that'll be a show to watch for sure. Uh at least until uh they trade or or do something with, with Lonzo. So I'm going to take the under on your game three, yeah. though. I'm mm-hmm. taking the under. What do you think? I've... Does does he, yeah, go to, does he go to Laker games now? Is he like one of these he figures? To, right? Of course he does. He goes to, and does he get a lot of TV time? I haven't been watching a lot I of Laker games. I think he's even gotten like on-court interviews after games. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Move over, LeBron. <laughs> I got to talk to the, the media. He's going to be coming over and like, uh, you know, uh, interview bombing LeBron James, throwing towels at his face like he's a player and the whole sure. thing. Yeah. Keep an eye out for that. Stay tuned for all of your up to the month NBA updates. Before we move on, there's been a little bit of an oversight in past episodes. In, um, it was like maybe two or three episodes ago, we, uh, about, yeah. Yeah. We, we were smoking Umo Jaguar, which is a, uh, a now defunct Placencia made brand. Um, we had reached into what we call the vault for some of these uh, some of these cigars, and then said that we were going to be raffling off uh, or, or giving away a box of Umo Jaguar. Well, we had a winner via Twitter, Simeon Copeland, who is probably at least by social by social media measures the biggest fan of the podcast, no doubt about it. So, AKA the Schmooze. That's T H E S C H M O O Z. It's a public Twitter account. So go I give him a he, follow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go give him a follow. He's, He's posting dude. cigars and stuff, so check out The Schmooze. Good dude. He's a Georgia Bulldogs fan. I think he lives here in Florida. I think so, yeah. At least his bio says that. Florida. So uh, he, we asked people to post pictures with their favorite Honduran cigar, and he shared a photo of, uh, of himself smoking an Alec Bradley Or at least his blend. hand. His hand, yes. yes. Uh, smoking an Alec Bradley family blend. So thanks to the schmooze. Enjoy your cigars. If they're not on the way already, they will be soon. Well, yeah, we're gonna. Oh, we'll yeah. reach out to him to get, we'll get his in touch. Uh, info. And uh, and there you have it. Our next giveaway. We just had some pretty kick-ass shirts made. Word. Uh, so, Eric, since this is an audio program, why don't you tell the people what we're looking at? With well, hang shirt? on a second, because uh, the shirt, uh, the overall design of the shirt, 
was conceptualized by one Ivan Ocampo sitting to my right. Ooh, I didn't here, know this. here. This awesome. is news to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Check that out. Yeah, he he drew it. Not on a, you know people say on a napkin because that's like a yeah a romantic Pro- thing to proverbial say. Proverbial right? napkin. Yeah, but it was a it was a, it was a piece of paper with other scribbles on it, yeah. and he uh, he scribbled this thing. I was like, man, that looks pretty cool. I think we should try that. And, uh, so and yeah, so yeah, I even tell us, gonna... I even tell us about the design. I don't know if I can tell you the background behind it, but uh, yeah, uh, we got a cool I, shirt I now. I did, but, okay. Yeah, we got a cool shirt now that we can give away. Uh, no, I don't mean the background. Of... I mean just like what does it look like because people can't see. It's a cool looking shirt. Cool. Yeah. There you go. It's cool. <laughs> It'll be up on the site uh, pretty soon, so you guys can take a look at it. Yeah, so you're yeah. listening to episode 39. If you go to cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast and click into the page for episode 39, we'll have a picture of one of these shirts there and how do you win yourself one of these shirts you're going to want to tweet us that's at cigar snob mag that's m-a-g at the end for mag magazine magazine <laughs> cigar snob mag and tell us what is the best cigar swag you've ever gotten so if you've been to events or you've met a cigar maker or uh, have won stuff like this in the past. Maybe you got lighters, cutters, shirts, caps. Uh, tell us what is some of the, the best stuff that A you've ever got. Swag. Gotten. Swag. Swag. Some of your favorite cigar swag. We'll also be going to the trade show in Las Vegas next week. And if Indeed. any of our retailers are listening to us, they should probably stop by the booth. Pick up a shirt. Pick up a shirt. Pick up a shirt. There you go. Yeah. Get them while there. they last. Yeah. They won't last long. I'll tell you that much. So uh, with that, Again, you're going to want to tweet us for a chance to win a shirt at Cigar Snob Mag. Tell us your best ever cigar swag that you've received. And before we move on, a word from our sponsor, El Galang Cigars. El Galang Cigars, in case you didn't know, is the maker of El Galang Reserva Especial, which comes in four box-pressed sizes. The 5 by 52 Airosos, the 5 and 3 quarters by 54 Apuestos, the 6 by 52 Gallardos, which is a torpedo, and the 6 by 60 Obesos. All of these are Nicaraguan puros with Jalapa Oscuro wrappers available in stores nationwide. You can find them online at elgalangcigars.com or Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for El Galang Cigars. That's E-L-G-A-L-A-N Cigars. Elgalangcigars.com. Elgalangcigars.com. ElGalangCigars.com And now, the news from Cigar Town. This is where we tell you some of the news that is coming into Cigar Snob HQ from the cigar world. As we mentioned in the last uh, episode, uh, there's a lot of this news coming in now, uh, primarily because this is the season for cigar releases. But we are giving you uh, some of the highlights here. First, Drew Estate announces new tin extensions for KFC, Undercrown, and Hoya lines. So those are not the only lines that are getting extensions, but we're focusing on those lines that you know have been highlighted in Cigar Snob Magazine because there are also some of their infused products are getting tins. But for our purposes, we're focusing on KFC, Undercrown, and Hoya. Drew Estate announced the national release of tin extensions to various products in its portfolio, including Undercrown, Kentucky Fire Cured, and uh, three Hoya de Nicaragua products, Hoya Red, Hoya Black, and Hoya de Nicaragua Antaño. So these are, as the name suggests, tins, uh, little you know, tin boxes 
of 10 cigars. They are 4 by 32 uh, fans of Drew Estate are probably already familiar with their tins for Liga Number no. 9 and T52. The new tins retail for $13, with the exception of the Hoya Andaño, which retails for $18 for a tin of 10. I haven't smoked that one. That must be a strong little sucker. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's got to be I can't wait to try serious. it. So, Balmoral Serie Signaturas Dueto, blended by Ernesto Perez Carrillo of EPC Cigars, will ship in September. Balmoral's getting uh, into the collaboration game with Balmoral Serie Signaturas. The first release under this new collaboration brand uh, will be Dueto. So this is uh, Serie Signaturas will be their brand for all these collaborations with other manufacturers. Blended by Ernesto Perez Carrillo of EPC, the cigar will make its debut at this year's IPCPR trade show in Vegas. It features a Nicaraguan wrapper from Jalapa, a Nicaraguan binder from Esteli, and fillers from Nicaragua and Brazil. So no Dominican tobacco in there, despite EPC having its factory in the DR. The cigar will be made available in five Vitolas. That's a 5x50 Robusto, a 5.5x50 Ovacion, 6x52 Gran Toro, and a 6x60 Gordo, and then finally a 7x49 Churchill. They'll range in price from $9.75 to $12.50. Finally, La Aurora has launched La Aurora, which is Ordage. Yeah, I think you got that. Ordage. As opposed to hors d'oeuvre. Right. Not hors d'oeuvre. Ordage. So the La Aurora Ordage limited edition 2017 uh, is a new cigar that will make its debut also at the IPCPR trade show in Las Vegas this month, all the tobaccos in Odash were harvested in 2006. Production is limited to 6,000 boxes. The La Aurora Odash features an Ecuadorian wrapper and binder, while the filler is a mix of Colombian, Dominican, and Nicaraguan tobaccos. They will come packaged in 15-count boxes of one Vitola. That is a 6 by 54 Toro. There weren't a little Colombian in there, huh? A little Toro. No, a little Colombian yeah, a little tobacco. Colombian tobacco. Yeah. Uh, La Aurora's press release describes the cigar thusly, quote, It is a well-balanced cigar with a start unique to a cigar with extra years of aging, in which spicy notes of black pepper predominate, which give way to more complex and delicate flavors. If you predominate, are you dominating before you're even smoking it? That's how dominant this is. You dominates before you even step into the room. Uh, the presence of wood is evident throughout the smoke, maybe Jason also wood. before the smoke. Presence of Jason wood. Presence of Jason wood is prominent throughout the smoke, but is enriched with nuances of cinnamon, nuts, and even citrus. And even Nestor Miranda. And even Nestor Miranda. <laughs> with nuances of Nestor. With touches of roasted coffee, its finish is powerful and creamy at the height of a demanding smoke. So, wow. there you have it. That is heavy. It's heavy, heavy stuff. So And long. <laughs> the long read, you're winded. Keep an eye out for uh, La Aurora Odage. Uh, it, it is pretty cool, though. I mean, the, that all of the tobaccos are that old. It's all 2006 tobacco. It's, you don't come across that kind of vintage Those action. tobaccos are as old as Cigar Snob itself. Oh, look at that. Wow. wow. We could be twins. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And with that... Vital information. Moving on to the World Cup 
This year's World Cup has been as World Cuppy as any. Woohoo! See, that's how excited people are. Not a lot of excitement from Ivan. So uh, I'm gonna step out, like step aside. I don't know what. You just leave the room. You'll leave the room. I might leave the room. I'm gonna predominate from somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys can discuss World Cup because outside of a couple of highlights uh, and pictures of Maradona smoking cigars and a few memes and a few memes, I did see the the rolling meme. The Neymar rolling rolling has been the story of the World Cup. We'll get into that. I think we should leave that for last because that's great. But uh, but yeah, what's, what's been going on in the World Cup? Tell me. I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we're down to well, we're recording this on Thursday. Tomorrow, the matches resume, right? So the the quarterfinal matches uh, start back up tomorrow. So we've got uh, what do we got? France Uruguay at ten a.m. Then we have Brazil, I think Brazil Belgium at two, and then Saturday we've got Sweden England and Russian Croatia. So it's been exciting, man. I know that. Coming into the World Cup, I thought uh, this Russia thing is going to be a bit of a disaster. Not at all. It's been great. They, uh, they've they done a good job. I haven't been crazy about Fox and their coverage. Mm-hmm. They're a little annoying at times. Yeah. But but the matches themselves have been awesome. Okay, I've enjoyed so, the last-minute finishes. So if most of our listeners don't know, Eric's a big Spain fan. So well, I'm a big U.S. and yes, Spain. So when, since yeah. the U.S. was out, I mean, you were playing for Spain. I so. was. I was. I was pulling hard. So tell us what happened. It was awful. Pretty awful. Pro- probably a result, awful result. Awful result, and to me, the worst match of the World Cup. Not because of what it meant to me, but it was boring to watch. I mean, I love watching soccer, and I had a hard time staying on it. It was that boring. It was just Spain knocking the ball back and forth, back and forth, and not ever going into the attack. Part of their style is to right. kick it around, kick it around, kick it around laterally, and then change speeds on you and attack. And they never did that. It, they, they never attacked. It was okay. it was tough. I mean, Russia played the entire game in their half of the court. Field, right? Field. In the, yeah, or court. <laughs> <laughs> or if we were British, the pitch. Right. Their half of the pitch. W- would you say this is the biggest win in Russia's history. This is Absolutely. their like 90, w- This is their like U.S. hockey team. Nineteen. Yes, this is their indeed. equivalent. Yes, of it. that's exactly what it compares to. Right, Russia. Yeah. Russia was the worst, lowest ranked team in the World Cup. It's their miracle on grass. Yes, their miracle on grass. <laughs> Maybe the Spanish players were on grass. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, it was tough to watch. Uh, really, just a, a crappy game. And then it went to penalty kicks. And when it did, you knew that Spain had already lost. Right. Yeah, I mean, even their 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 body language, they looked like they had already lost because they knew that they had right. They were supposed to have wiped the floor with these people, and here they were zero zero tie, or is it one one? Maybe one one. It was one one because it yeah. opened really quick with scoring. Yeah, like Spain. by then Russia was at least coming away with a moral victory. Absolutely, but but it uh, got to the last kick on the penalties, and then the guy made the miraculous save with his foot, which was pretty good. Yeah, great for the home crowd, right? Great for the home crowd. Yeah. How much did Putin pay for that? But no, then, anyway. <laughs> uh, no, Spain really played horribly. It was they deserved to lose. They really did. Right. So, uh, how does this stack up for the rest of the tournament? So, is man, this, I, is this Brazil's to win? Or well, listen, they're on the hardest side of the bracket, right? Yeah. They're like on. Uh, they're like on the varsity side, and the other side is the JV side for sure. Yeah. So you got Uruguay. Uruguay was playing insanely well right now. Uh, France was killing it. Belgium and Brazil. I mean, th- that side of the bracket is. I mean, that Belgium Japan game was my favorite match uh, of the tournament. So 
This is looking like the West Western Conference of the, the it NBA. It is. It is definitely. So on the other side, you got Sweden, who everyone's surprised that they're there, against England, who's looked incredibly well, but hasn't really been challenged. Cinderella, Russia. And Cinderella then, home team, Russia. Croatia, Croatia who was playing good. better than ever, better than anyone, uh, up until the last game where they kind of bored everyone to death. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting, man. I uh, my favorite match has been Belgium Japan. I thought that match was for if you wanted someone to like fall in love with soccer, like watching soccer, you would show them that match. It was nonstop. It was comebacks. It was back and forth. There was fast breaks on the breakaway. Uh, it was good stuff. So I, I I really enjoyed that. What was your favorite match? Uh, this is bad radio right here. But uh, I remember watching France Argentina. It was like uh, a high yeah, scoring yeah. affair. No, it, it was, was my back and forth. Was awesome. It was it was it was entertaining. So um, let's see who do you like? Uh, who do you like to win it? Predictions. Here we go. Yeah. Well, so you have the the tried and true phrase of you know in, in Spanish everyone says you know oh you know Brazil hasn't played this and Brazil hasn't done that but. But Brazil is Brazil, right? Brazil so there's always Brazil. that phrase. Uh, I would love to see Brazil-France in the semi, uh, kind of to redo the that final. Uh, so, and I'm going to go with the uh, with the surprise France, uh, just because ah, I don't like that oui, Brazil oui. is Brazil thing, you know? And on the other side, I think England, man, it's, it's their time to... Uh, to get through, they're on the easy side of the bracket, and I think they can do it. So I'm gonna go with France, England. Okay, just to go against the grain here, I'll go Uruguay, Croatia, with Uruguay taking it all. Seriously? Oh, hey now. Yeah, Uruguay pulling out there. Bold. I think that would be that's their bold. second. That's, yeah, built bold, baby. Yeah, that's niche level bold. No, but he, he just, went. He yeah, went Camacho. Oh, built Camacho. bold. <laughs> Everybody's uh, bold. All right, we'll see you. Who do you like, Nick? You got to pick somebody. Just, yeah, just throw out a pick. I'm going to base my uh, Uruguay pick on... Oh, so uh, no one's picking Brazil. Okay, now I want I'm it. not <laughs> picking Brazil. I, I I think Uruguay is fueled by better steak. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. And, true. Even though, I mean, if you were looking at going breaking it down by steak, Uruguay-Brazil yeah. Brazil would be a great semifinal. No, yeah, they may. I think they will face each other in the semifinal. Uruguay has superior steak. They're going to go all the way, and they will be facing Russia because the rest of that field... It's just going to be flooded with all of these unwanted and misleading Facebook ads that will affect their training <laughs> regimen. Yes. And, um, and yeah, fake news will flood the Croatian, Swedish, and English teams. They're not going to know what's going on. Swedish fish will start. They'll Swedish start to slip fish. on their Swedish oh, fish. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Oh. So I'm going Uruguay, Russia uh, with the edge for Russia because they're the home team and the Uruguayans. They're going to be they're so full on steak by yeah. then. Yeah. They're either not going to have enough steak or they're going to be sluggish from all the steak. Yeah. Either way, the so, steak's going to do them in. Yeah, for one way or the other. All right. Well, there you have it. There's uh, there's some real <laughs> analysis right there. There you go. ESPN, you know where to find us. Uh, moving on to issues we know a lot less about. Uh, actually, no, we probably... This, this is, as you will see, uh, one of our areas of expertise. What did you do for the 4th of July, Eric? Oh, man, I actually had a really good 4th. We went out on a boat in the first half of the day. My brother Chuck, my dad, uh, whole family out on the boat, hung out in the uh, sandbar. And then the second half of the day, we shot fireworks with uh, my Uncle Jerry. You had a pretty serious fireworks show. It was. It was heavy-duty fire. Uh, Jerry doesn't mess around when it comes to things that involve explosions. Nice. So, yeah, it's he, good uh, to have a guy like that around. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, hey, listen, if you're... if 
if we're ever in an apocalyptic situation, That's just go to Jerry's be. house. That's the gotta be. You'll you'll be all right. Nice. You'll be all right. There'll be food and there'll be guns and there'll be fireworks. So yeah, I, yeah. it was a good time. <laughs> Which of those is the most useful in an apocalyptic situation? I don't know, but well, yeah, it depends. It depends. Ivan, how'd you spend the fourth? It was a hot fourth, by the way. Hot. 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 <laughs> in my part of town. So uh, we did pool, uh, grilling, and I smoked some cigars. I smoked a uh, My Father Opulencia. Which Ooh, went with La Opulencia, eh? Very, very nice. I like that sucker. I did, uh, I smoked a, on the first half, I smoked the Agonorsa leaf that, uh, that these guys brought, the Agonorsa leaf Connecticut. Yep. Really nice. Uh, I prefer the uh, the other one that they brought that you smoked. Mm-hmm. Um, I got uh, I smoked a Buena Cosecha. I like that one better, but uh, but I wanted to try the Connecticut, so I smoked that. Still very good. And then the second half of the day, I finished it with a Milano, which is always a good time. So I, I also Oliva smoked v. Milano. Uh, uh, particulares. Oh, so we uh, both had some Agonorsa yeah, going. Agonorsa there. there. What about you, Nicholas? What'd you do? I went back to uh, I'm my stash is running low of the uh, some you Don know, we Carlos. Have thousands. No, upon no, no, thousands. no, 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 no. Specifically, my stash of some Don Carlos Lanceros, uh, Lanceros that we uh, that we picked up in the DR not too long ago. So, um, I but I, I bust them out for special occasions. Special occasions. So I went with that, and it was pretty low key for for most of it. Um, I will mention. We always end the, ep- the episode with parting recommendations. My wife and I watched a movie to end the night, which was very surprisingly good. Uh, but yeah, pretty low-key thing. Usually we spend it with family because that also happens to be the, uh, the anniversary of my dad and most of his siblings and my grandparents getting to the U.S., so they joke, oh, that, wow, how cool. they joke that they had fireworks for their arrival. Yes. Uh, nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they got here through Mexico on the 4th. They were in Mexico for a few years and then here. Um, so in a bit of a segue, did anybody catch the hot dog eating contest? No. I, I didn't watch this year's, no. Chestnut took it again. Oh, I, did I, I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I heard oh, the news. 70, 72. Jeez. You was went. that the record? Is that That's a new the record? record? He, he matched it. He, he matched, matched it. It. Yeah. it was his own record though, right? His own record, yeah. Yeah. 72 in... 10 minutes. 10 minutes. But did he set the last record... Before, didn't they shorten the time at some point? Oh, we're gonna so have I, to go I, to the I archives. wonder. So we'll have to fact check this, but I I could be wrong. But I either he's if, if he set the record more than a few years ago, at some point they lowered it from twelve to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So he might have eaten the seventy two even faster than he did before. Holy moly! Could be maybe I might be making that could up. be. I don't know. Yeah, you're not gonna get that fact check here. We're not gonna do that edit. But uh, keep an eye out for Joey Chestnut. Keep him away from your hot dogs. Uh, or as one of our friends. Of the magazine says, dog's hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Danny. Oh, Danny. Um, speaking Segway. of yeah. hot dog eating contests, thank you for that setup, Ivan. You got it. We've been teasing you through this whole episode. Before we recorded this episode of the podcast, or before we started the recording you're hearing now, we had the first annual Cigar Snob Podcast Hot Dog Eating Contest. And it was a slobber knocker. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but we are going to cut to the audio right now so you can hear us, I guess, knocking our slobbers uh, throughout the duration of that contest, which but, was emceed by Ivan. Well, well, hang on. But we have to give him a little context, right? Because, Go for it. So 
the whole the idea for a cigar snob eating contest was brought out by Ivan. Yes. yes. And and then today we're out back like uh, preparing for the show for the trade show, so we were like organizing things back there. And Ivan shows up with this very serious face, and I'm like, "What is wrong with this guy today? What happened?" And he shows up. He's like, "I have bad news." Like that's the first thing that comes out of his mouth. Yeah. Hey, good morning. Yeah. I have bad news. He didn't even say good morning, but uh, he says I, I I wasn't able to sleep last night thinking about this hot dog eating contest. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> I didn't think it was that serious. He's like, I can't do it. So he he backed out. He chickened out. Okay, I or as you would say in Cuban, serrajo. Oof. Oof. All right, so here's the reason. I did come up with the idea, but I forgot the actual mechanics of what we needed to do. The which part was, about eating? Which was it basically hot dog? inhaling <laughs> hot dogs, which I'm not allowed to do because of my medical condition. I can bring in a doctor's note to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> this is so weak. Yeah, I'll I'll compete in anything except anything that involves fast so eating. He'll so just call I, up yeah. Doctor Gustavo Placencia <laughs> and have him write him a note. <laughs> so, anyways, I had to do the play by play on it since I wasn't able to so, eat. So, but you had a stand in. So yep, we used our art director Andy Astencio, American citizen, American <laughs> new American citizen. Andy right, Astencio. wouldn't be able to compete otherwise. Course, no. Right, you can't compete in an American. No. no. Fourth of July, of hot dog eating contest. You're not a citizen. It doesn't work. So, so anyway, he uh, he had Andy stand in for him. Yeah. And so. wait till you see how much of an American he is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so with that, here is the first annual Cigar Snob Podcast hot dog eating contest audio from earlier today. Okay. Welcome to the first annual Cigar Snob Podcast hot dog eating contest. I'm your MC Ivan Ocampo. Woo! Yeah, thank well, you. Applause for our MC. Crowd goes wild. And now let's meet our contestants. First, from El Cotorro, Cuba, <laughs> Anderson Astencio, also known as Andy. Hello there. Woo! <laughs> Hello there. Next, our editor, Eric Calvino. What's up? What's up? And then, RC, your editor. And probably the favorite in this contest, <laughs> Nicolas uh, Antonio Jimenez. Okay, what are we doing here, bud? What are we doing today? Okay, so here are the rules. Everybody's got three hot dogs lined up in front of them. Uh, so the first one to finish all three hot dogs wins. However, we are oh, also bye-bye. smoking debonair cigars. Debonair Daybreak. Daybreak cigars, to be specific. And... One of the rules is you must have your cigar lit by the end of your third hot dog for you to qualify. So yeah, it must still be lit. Still be lit. So they are technically all lit as we speak. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then after each hot dog, you have to call out which hot dog number you're by. Oh, okay. All right? Como fue? He's focused on his dogs. <laughs> after each hot dog, you... Say the number hot dog, you just say one, you know, two. Okay, so. We've got the official timer. Are you, are you guys ready? Can we start with hands-on dogs? Oh, is that hands or, on or is it hands-off dogs and then we go into them? We're making these rules up on the fly. We didn't sure. Think about this before. Okay, uh, hands-off dogs. Hands-off dogs. Hands-off. Hands-off. Hold on, I'm going to create some room here. Okay, okay. everybody's. Set up your dogs. Everybody has their hands. Everyone has their hands. You know, it's, yeah, the, the strategies are yeah. so. Andy's gone horizontal. We've all got vertical running dogs. 
But the first is... Oh, uh, he's got... This oh. is an ergonomic... Ready for the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has the makings of puff. Chestnut versus Kobayashi. Here we go. Okay. Are you guys ready? Ready? Yep. On your marks. Get set. Go. And they're off. (laughs) (laughs) Nick had the largest initial bite, almost swallowing the entire hot dog on the first one. That kind of was expected. Uh... Anderson's got a very serious face. He's doing the hamster te- technique. <laughs> Small, quick bites. <laughs> Eric is just shoving. Oh, no, I'm not going to swallow. What? Eric eventually will get a, a word out. <laughs> Dunk your dog. That just sounds so gross. One. All right, let's see. All cigars still pretty lit. Uh, heading into <laughs> our second cigar, everybody's still looking very serious. Anderson has a little sweat coming down his head, maybe because he's so hungry, not because of the hot dogs he's eaten so far. Uh, everybody went very different on the condiments also. Uh, Andy decided to... To go mayonnaise, Eric went spicy mustard and ketchup, and then Nick just went just solid ketchup. That's two. It. Two. Anderson in the lead. Nick closely behind as we head down the home stretch on the third dog. Head down the gullet. Anderson's so relaxed. Eric is lagging behind. Quiet confidence from the Cuban. Two. Ooh, way after. <laughs> dun, 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 that was a little rawhide. <laughs> and here they come. They both have about a third dog left. Oh. Nick still has a bit. And then Addis is chewing, chewing, chewing. It's going to be a photo finish. For sure. And here they come. And here they come. All cigars are still lit. Ah! Andy gets it. Andy gets it by a nose. Nick with a close second. He's still lit. And Eric finishing up. Rounding the back. Still chewing. Congratulations. Andy wins the first ever. Oh, congratulations to our winner, Andy Altesio. Woo! How does it feel? Ah, oh, fool. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Japanese sounding. Oh. How about you, Nick? I know everybody thought I was the favorite coming in, but something about something about going up against Kubayashi over here. <laughs> I just knew the st- the competition would be stiff. He came in with a serious game face. Yeah, too yeah. relaxed, like he'd been here before. Hold on. I'm still finishing my last dog. <laughs> Can we get the three? Three. Oh. Everybody's cigars still lit but mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Congratulations, guys. And tune in for next year's <laughs> second annual. Tickets on sale now. Hey, where were the dogs from? 
Oh, thanks to our betters hot dogs. For accepting yeah. <laughs> money for, for accepting <laughs> money from us to buy the hot dogs. <laughs> no, but they are re- they really are good though. All right, so as you can see, or as you can hear, Andy Atencio is the reigning champion. He'll for... get a horn here. <laughs> Look at that. That is that does deserve a horn. Although mm. not like that most enthusiastic horn. That was a mm. middle of the road Give horn. Give us another one. Give no, us another one. No, hell yeah. That, it's good. An all-American horn. <laughs> there congrats. Uh, congrats there, buddy. Two horns to you, Andy. Oh, yeah. So the founding fathers would be proud of Andy Atencio. This is the America they dreamed of where anyone can come from any country, having never had a hot dog at all, and dominate hot dog eating contests. Oh, yeah. Watch out. Uh, I'm sure that wasn't his first hot dog. But he didn't have hot dogs for a very long time. So, true. All right, back to the cigar. The again debonair daybreak in Corona. What are your thoughts? Still loving it. Uh, I think the flavors have maybe intensified a bit now. I'm, I'm at the. Uh, I'm in the final third, as they say. And uh, I think the pepper, a little bit of pepper, has crept in. Spice is a little higher, uh, and then that sort of creaminess and nuttiness have dropped down a little bit into the background for me. So I'm getting wood and spice up, but still, it's very enjoyable because it's it's transitioning nicely. Definitely, yeah, I'm there with you. I'm really liking this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it is getting spicier for me. Sure, which is uh, which for me is it, again, it's a very it's very complex for for being a Connecticut um, debonair. Even this is the sort of complex nuance thing a debonair person would smoke. So uh, keep this cigar in mind for your next horse and buggy ride. Uh, debonair. What a debonair person smokes. I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm well, what are you doing? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> the, what, what I can do. I think you're drunk on hot dogs. I could be. <laughs> could be. All right. So uh, before we go to our parting recommendations, a word from our sponsor, Villiger Cigars. Villiger Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano puro wrapper, boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villiger La Vencedora, which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoking experience. The Villiger La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. We're going to end this episode the way we end all of our episodes with our parting recommendations. This is where we let you know some things that we think you should eat, smoke, drink, try, do, watch, hear. Ivan, what do you got? So I played in a golf tournament recently, which I won. Thank you. Nice. Uh, yeah. I do How better. Have it do better than that. Do better golf than hot dog eating. Uh, so I won over at PGA Golf Club in Port St. Lucie. And for a prize, I got an $80 gift certificate. So I went into the pro shop and bought a pair of golf shorts. The Under Armour, uh, I don't think they have a name, but they're Under Armour golf shorts with a special heat gear fabric that, that's called Ball of Sweat. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I just threw that in there. Oh. But they are made with this cool material with this like rubber uh, grip around the waistband to hold your shirt down. 
which I do. Everybody knows that I have this problem with shirts creeping up on me. So anyways, they're a really cool pair of shorts. They retail like at 70 bucks, but they're well worth it. They're like the best pair of shorts that I own. So go out and get a pair. All right, cool. So I'm going to recommend the movie that I just saw last night. It was surprisingly good. It is called Game Night. So if you are completely unfamiliar with Game Night, Game Night stars Jason Bateman, Rachel McAdams, Kyle Chandler, and a whole slew of other uh, people you know, mainly from comedies. Uh, And it is about a group of friends who get together for a game night and things go about as terribly wrong as you could imagine them going. Uh, This is one of the funnier, like, ensemble cast comedies that I've seen in a long time. When you say they get together for a game night, like board game night? Exactly, yeah. So there's like a group of friends that does a game night regularly, like charades, board games. I saw the ad. And it was awesome. Yeah, it looked really funny. And then like they didn't know that it was a real thing going on. And then I don't want to spoil it, so I didn't. Yeah, so so the whole thing is uh, Kyle Chandler, who you know from like Bloodline. Uh, I first saw him, uh, you remember uh, Early Edition? Yep. Yeah, so I think that was like his big uh, major network break. Um, but anyway, he plays Jason Bateman's brother, who's in town, decides to host a game night, and they do one of those, like, murder mystery things, but he ends up actually kidnapped, uh, and so from there, the whole thing sort of, uh, unfolds, but definitely well worth watching, uh, and I'm gonna take a second recommendation, just because it's a cigar snob plug, uh, in our next issue of the magazine, there is a Q&A with Larry Sharp who is a Libertarian Party candidate for governor of New York. If uh, Especially if you're in New York, you might be interested to check out the previous episode of this podcast. So this is 38. You're, sorry, uh, this is episode 39. You're looking for episode 38, which is the full uncut version of that interview with Larry. It's about 20, 25 minutes, and it's, uh, it focuses mainly on his take on things like the FDA and the state and local government's roles in uh, intervening with cigars and tobacco products. So check that out. Eric? So I don't have a recommendation as much as I have a question. I want to know, does anyone out there know anything about Sweatcoin? Have you heard about this? I don't know, but I think I should just go all in. Yes. <laughs> Before everybody finds out. <laughs> Before I upload this episode, I'm going all in on Sweatcoin. And then telling all of you, go buy Sweatcoin. <laughs> so, so yeah, they've uh, they've used the the whole cryptocurrency model to to create a program where you are paid in sweat coins uh, for moving, but you have to be outdoors. And so, okay. it doesn't. Uh, you know, it's hard to f- to see. Does it make sense or not? It's hard to tell unless you really start to get into it. Yeah. So I wanted to know if anyone had tried it out there. Does it cost anything, though? Like, is it a pretty just like, yeah, give it a shot, and worst-case scenario, you move some? No, no, I don't think it costs you anything. It just, uh, well, it costs you your privacy, right? Because sure. you're, you have to have your GPS on full-time right. for them to be able to track you and know where the hell you are at all times. Mm-hmm. So it does cost you that and your information, obviously, and your maybe your BMI or <laughs> some kind of information about your overall physical fitness. But... It's a, it's a cool idea though, and it's the sweat coin has a, a rate, and you can convert it to dollars. It's just I, I wanted to know has anyone tried this? I'm I'm still very confused about this. So you get paid in sweat coins. 
for for the exercise. Yeah, I get the. It's the like payoff. if your Fitbit paid you. Yeah, it's like exactly. It's the same exact idea, and How? you can hook it up to certain activity monitors. So when your heart rate goes up, but again, I think you have to be outside for it to okay. uh, give you coins for moving. So you can't just like sit in your office and like just like shake your wrist or something. It doesn't work that way. Can I drive around town? Uh, I I can't remember what the what the specifics are about it, like how you uh, activate it and okay. how it knows whether you sign up and they send a sweat coin agent to you who follows you around twenty four seven just to make sure you're outside. But anyway, I, th- I thought the idea of of using uh, that whole cryptocurrency technology to help you get in shape, I thought was pretty neat. But um, I'll do that. I'm going to sign up for sweat coin. Oh, there you go. It paid off. My uh, my question yeah. paid off. Has anyone tried it? Maybe not, but Nick's going to try it. I'm going to let oh. you all know about Sweatcoin. And... You had not heard of this, Nick? No. no. Oh, I, I don't this. know how you would be interested in this. I have no idea. Why? Okay, because Nick doesn't even like to go through metal detectors at airports. Now you want to... Hey, hey, stop turning them off from now, the idea. I want him to try you're it. You're agreeing to have a GPS follow you around. To monitor or all a sweat of your coin agent. or agent monitor you <laughs> yeah. on your day to day all the time. It's crazy. Yeah, that's fine with me. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm okay with opting into opting into surveillance. I just don't want the government saving pictures of my webos every time I fly. <laughs> you know, we were, but we can monitor how much your webos sweat. That's <laughs> fine. I'm all in. Well, but if I'm he uses in. your recommendation, they sweat a lot less. That's true. Wear so. a pair of Under Armour shorts while you do it. So for people who maybe are not oh, – so the reason that I'm uh, being singled out here <laughs> – Disclaimer. <laughs> is that I, I, I slow down every uh, group that I fly with because I opt out of TSA uh, body scans and I make them touch my webos instead of in just the, In the private room. No, no, no. no out in public. I want everybody to know they're touching my webos. Uh, so, yeah. So I uh, I opt out of those scans. Even, even in other countries because – okay, that – yeah. TSA is maybe you have your own thing against the TSA, but he has done it. He did it with me in Germany. Yeah. We were like, we were running to make our connection in Germany. Mm. And Nick is going through us. I'm like, Nick, how about not today, buddy? Nine, nine. Come, <laughs> come on over here. Graben Sie here. Graben Sie here. Whenever you That's get a exactly what Nick says. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, Cheap thrills all over the world. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about them. All right. So, Sweatcoin. Uh, if if you don't hear from me, it's because I've either been abducted by the Sweatcoin people or because I'm a Sweatcoin millionaire. Anything else we got for the people? That's all I got, man. Okay. So, I'll just remind people who are listening. Again, tweet us at Cigar Snob Mag. You want to tell us the best swag, the best cigar swag you've ever gotten. And that is for a chance to win one of our sweet new snob shirts go to cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast and click into the episode 39 page to see a picture of what you're trying to win all right i think we're good yep later all right guys 